Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. For the past six weeks, the Sunday Times has been reporting on an unsolved murder. The victim, a young mother living near a British army base in Kenya. Her name was Agnes Wanjiru. The late Agnes Wanjiru. The 21-year-old who was allegedly murdered by a British soldier. We have new information about her killing. Sunday Times is a huge story in its front page. We should really applaud good, old-fashioned journalistic investigation done well. In September, nine years after Agnes's death, the Sunday Times reported that she was last seen alive with a British soldier, Soldier X. We spoke to the team behind the story last month. We don't know who that is, but our understanding is that someone has claimed responsibility in private to other soldiers. The allegation that one of these soldiers made was that a British soldier had been overheard bragging, boasting, laughing about having been involved in the death of a woman in Kenya. Agnes's killer remained free. His crimes kept secret by his regiment, according to soldiers who served in it. It's, it's deplorable. It is deplorable. It caused international outrage. British High Commissioner must do more than talking. Hideous story, hideous story. And there's an old journalistic motto that it's always the cover-up that gets them. And there's an element of MOD cover-up in this story as well. The reason, let's face it, why this murder has not been solved is because of that code of silence that exists within the regiments. A code of silence which is finally being broken, as former members of Soldier X's regiment name the accused killer. And as one former soldier speaks to the police. You're listening to Stories of Our Times from The Times and The Sunday Times. I'm Manveen Rana. Today, Soldier X, what we know so far about the killing of Agnes Wanjiru. There have been some major developments since our episode on this story last month. First, a recap. Last time, we heard that one night in 2012, British soldiers in the Duke of Lancaster's regiment had been blowing off steam. They were at the Lions Court Hotel in the small Kenyan town of Nanyuki, near a British army base. They would go to the bar, have a drink, have a dance with a girl, take her back to the room and then come back and do the same again and pick up another woman. 
Agnes had recently turned to sex work to pay for food and clothes for her baby, Stacy, just five months old. That night, Soldier X picked Agnes up in the hotel bar. On the 31st of March 2012, that is the last anybody sees of Agnes walking off to the room with that soldier. Two months later, hotel workers found her body decomposing in a septic tank. The head of maintenance heads down, opens up the manholes, looks inside, and inside the tank, he sees a submerged body. She'd been beaten, she'd been stabbed. But the pathologist found Agnes's injuries may not have been enough to have killed her. There was a strong possibility that she was still alive when she was put in the tank. This was a brutal murder. We spoke to Agnes's niece, Esther. I just, I don't even know what I can say because as a family, there's a lot of pain. We just hope for justice, only that. She was a young mother. She was only 21 years old and her daughter was just five months old and her daughter has never known her mom. Last week, Kenyan authorities said they were reopening the case, but... These soldiers, they're not in Kenya anymore. They finished their training. So now they're back in the UK. Interviewing them was obviously going to be made really, really difficult. With Kenyan police due to arrive in the UK soon, one of Soldier X's colleagues, who we're calling Soldier Y, has been talking to the Sunday Times. My name is David Collins. I'm the Northern Editor for the Sunday Times. My name's Hannah Alothman and I'm a reporter with the Sunday Times. So following on from what we were talking about last time, where you set out this extraordinary story, before we get started, we're going to be talking quite a lot about Soldier X and Soldier Y. Some of the people listening will wonder why we're not naming them. Could you just talk us through the decision not to do that? The decision not to name Soldier X has been taken because any publication which which does name him at this stage could potentially prejudice any future proceedings against that soldier. Obviously, we know who Soldier X is. Soldier X is the person who other soldiers within the regiment allege murdered Agnes Wanjiru. The decision not to name him has been taken to protect future criminal proceedings against that person. And I'd also just add that this is not unusual that you would wait for a charge and arrest before you name someone. We understand the emotion behind this and there have been people coming to us directly saying you're protecting him. That's absolutely not the case. I mean, we've worked harder than anyone to get to the bottom of this, really. When we last spoke, we knew that Agnes had been killed. She was last seen with a British soldier You've managed to identify this soldier, Soldier X, and you've managed to get people, and this is remarkable, you've managed to get people around him, other soldiers, to talk. How hard was that? We approached a lot of people. We built up a, a list of dozens of names of people who were in Kenya at the time or who we believed were in Kenya at the time, and some of them didn't want to talk to us, which is, you know, fair enough, and that's that's what you'd expect. But we did get the impression that some of these people had wanted to talk about this for a while and just nobody had ever asked them the questions. So some of them, including Soldier Y, who will come to talk about, were actually quite 
happy to talk about this. And it was just really that they'd not, not ever been approached before. Tell me what that conversation was like the first, the first time you spoke to Soldier Y. Tell us a bit about Soldier Y and, and what it was like talking to him. My conversation with Soldier Y, he was very emotional. You know, he, he told me that he had made efforts to talk about this in the past, that he'd reported it to senior officers, that he hadn't been believed, and he talked a bit about the impact that had had on him. He didn't want to talk to me at first. He said he wasn't going to say anything. And then I stayed a little bit longer and, and asked him a couple more questions. And then he did open up. And it was obviously something that had affected him quite deeply. You could really feel the emotion in his voice and see it in his body language and on, on his face during that conversation. He said at the time it was something he'd spoken to friends and family about. It's obviously something that has played on his mind for some time. We can read you a bit of what he said. I mean, David will read it, but these are soldier-wise exact words when I put these questions to him. So what did you see? I just remember her. She was in the tank when I seen her. He took me to the tank and lifted it up and I looked in and I just remember seeing her in there and my heart sank and I just said, I'll never forgive you for this, never. Then the Royal Military Police have turned up and arrested us because we weren't supposed to be there. Who did you tell? Everyone, everyone knew. The police or the senior officers or? All of the regiment know. They all know. They all know now. Do they know the, the name of the guy that was? They all know. They all know. It was a standing joke. And were you ever questioned by the police about it? No, never. Kenyan police or military police? Never, no one. No police, military, nobody. When I went to the military and told them, they basically just said, shut up and get out. This is what he said he remembers from that night. I were in the pub and he, Soldier X, come in crying, saying, help me, help me. I said, why, what do you mean? I've killed her. What do you mean you've killed her? Show me. And he just stopped crying like that, turned around. I said to the other lads, I said, come on, come with me. He started some So me and some of the lads went round and lo and behold, he'd done it. As soon as I seen it, the only thing I could say to him is, I'll never forgive you for this. My mind just went blank. And the only words I could think of were, I'll never forgive you for this. I mean, that's amazing. This is somebody who has a confession from Soldier X. He's seen the body in the septic tank and he's reported it. That part is astonishing. I mean, tell us about that. From what you know, who exactly, in terms of the authorities, who exactly has been told? Yeah, I, I mean, I'd, I'd say, first of all, you know, this was quite an astonishing interview because we'd heard the rumours and we'd heard Soldier X's name put to us several times. But it was quite astounding to hear that sort of eyewitness account and from the person who, you know, made these quite astonishing claims about what he'd actually seen and, and what he'd then gone on to do. We're still trying to get to the bottom of exactly who was told Soldier Y was reluctant to give names. There does seem to be this culture of not giving specific details, not giving names. So people are prepared to talk to you in more general terms about events. But if you press them on the details, they, are, they often don't want to implicate other people. And, and so that, that's something we've come up against. And you know, that's not always been the case. Obviously, we have been given some names, but 
soldier-wise, certainly, he was prepared to tell us in more general terms that he had reported it to, I think his words were the hierarchy, and he said everyone who was there at the time. He mentions Um, the Royal Military Police too in his account. So yeah, he says they were picked up by the Royal Military Police because they weren't meant to be out at the time. But what we're trying to do is is find out exactly who, who he told, because we're not, yeah, we're not clear on that just yet. I mean, the other startling bit is he does talk about it being an open secret. You know, something yeah, people I, almost joked about. Yes, I'm. This is the thing. So many people knew. Everyone knew. Some people said they didn't believe it was true. They thought it was just a rumor, and that's actually a reason why some people did decide to speak to us because they realised there was some truth in this, and they realised it wasn't quite what they'd heard. What Soldier X, we believe, told people was that he had killed this woman by accident. He choked her during sex. And then some people have come forward after reading our reporting and found out that she was actually stabbed. And I know there's some debate over whether you can actually choke someone by accident, but they had believed that that was what had happened. And they've basically, you know, one one soldier said to us, you know, I thought I was keeping quiet about an accident and not a murder. So, well, yeah. But yeah, it was, you know, it was described as common knowledge, open secret. People said they'd heard officers discussing it. You know, they referred to Soldier X as, oh, that guy who killed the prostitute in Kenya. So it really was well known within the regiment, potentially beyond. Almost a joke. Yeah, it was it was treated as a joke. And our most recent update on the investigation is actually, you know, we were we obtained some Facebook posts where there are several members of the regiment laughing and joking about this on Facebook. So, you know, one of them says septic tank, which refers to where Agnes Wanjiru's body was found. And others were posting ghost emojis, crying with laughter emojis. In the Facebook group, a member of the Duke of Lancaster's regiment posted two pictures from outside the Lions Court Hotel. The caption read, If you know, you know. Soldier X is asked by another soldier if he gets all choked up thinking about that place. He replies, Come to think of it, I do have a sore throat today. It was completely treated as a joke. And I spoke to one of the the people involved in the Facebook post and he said, you know, I wouldn't have joked about it if I thought it was true. But yeah, it, it certainly was. Her death was seen as something to to laugh about by certain members of the regiment. I mean, that is horrifying. You know, even if it had been an accident, that wouldn't be acceptable. Yes, yeah, it's it, it pretty, I mean, we, we published the screenshots of those um, Facebook posts and they're pretty horrendous reading, really. And have you been able to meet Soldier X? We have met Soldier X. So Hannah and myself as the final part of the investigation which revealed Soldier Y's interview. The final part of that was was to go and front him up, basically, and and put the allegations to him, which is, you know, part of any good piece of journalism is to put the allegations to the, the person that the story's about. And obviously this is utterly extraordinary. You know, I don't think ever in my career I've gone to um what is a family home? You know, mm. it's a family home. Can't say where, but it's in a town. Presumably his family's there in the background. His family were there. 
And obviously doing something like that, it's extremely, it was really difficult and delicate because you have to put the story to him because we're talking about somebody who has allegedly stabbed a woman to death and dragged her, possibly still alive, to a septic tank and locked her in this, and beaten her as well. And not only doing that, he then took a small group of people to the place where he put the body and opened up the lid and showed them the body. It's an utterly incredible allegation. So to put that to somebody, it was obviously quite a moment. I mean, we didn't know really how, how this person would react with the punches in the face. That must have been quite a daunting door knock. You just don't know what to expect, which is why we did it together. Really, when, when David and I did that first door knock, I mean, that's the most serious allegations that I think I've ever put to anyone yeah. in my career. And to do that in person, because, you know, it really depends on the circumstances. Sometimes you write to people, sometimes you contact them through solicitors, and sometimes you do approach them in person. And yes, yeah, so to do that in person, it, it was quite something. You don't know how volatile that person's going to be when somebody is standing in front of them basically blowing up their entire life and finally exposing what is the biggest secret in their life. And what did he say? He wasn't as hostile as you might expect someone to be in that situation. He said that it wasn't true. He said that he was a victim of bullying, that he didn't get on with other people in the regiment and that they'd made this up basically because they didn't like him. I actually went back to him well ahead of us publishing the next part about the Facebook post because in the intervening time I spoke to members of his regiment who said that wasn't true that he wasn't bullied and um, so we wanted to ask him to respond to that and to the content of the Facebook exchange that he'd been involved in but he didn't engage with us then you know I gave him a copy of the allegations in writing and he has our contact details but he hasn't been in touch. Yesterday, the Sunday Times reported that a soldier had contacted Lancashire police about Agnes Wanjiru's murder. They claimed to have first-hand knowledge of her death. A Lancashire police spokesman said, the matter remains with the Ministry of Defence and Kenyan authorities. We have no investigative role and it would therefore be inappropriate to comment further. Coming up, the questions facing the Ministry of Defence. But first... I'm Anthony Lloyd, war correspondent for The Times. It's you who enables me to report from some of the most volatile environments in the world. Get to the heart of the stories that matter every day with The Times and Sunday Times. Subscribe today and enjoy one month free. Visit thetimes.co.uk forward slash stories of our times. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. 
Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. David, there's been an amazing response to the articles that you've you've both produced. We've seen some quite impressive official responses too. Is there now a chance that Soldier X will have to answer questions to the authorities? I mean, I think there is now a building momentum, which, let's face it, it's been ignored for the last decade. She was killed in, in March 2012, and since then, the investigation has been nothing short of, of diabolical. The Kenyan authorities themselves, the local police there, their investigation was hit by delay after delay after delay. The file got sent to the Kenyan Attorney General's office shortly after the murder. In the words of one police source in, in Kenya, it was left to rot for years. Our colleague Larissa Brown has spoken to Kenyan diplomats who were told the case was suppressed to protect the relationship between Kenya and, and the UK until we finally, in 2019, we get an inquest. The inquest is held in a little kind of law court in Nanyuki and the judge, she was quite moved, I think, by what happened to Agnes Wanjiru. And really the first person, I think, in officialdom who seemed to care even that this young lady had been murdered she determined in her inquest conclusion that she had been murdered by British soldiers. That then triggered an investigation by the Director of Criminal Investigation in Kenya, which is like their FBI equivalent, although I think that's quite generous to say that. And in the past few days, the head of the Kenyan police, the Inspector General, has come out and said, yes, this case has been reopened and we expect full cooperation from the UK government. So there is pressure coming from the Kenyan police. The Ministry of Defence, we're told, Ben Wallace, the Secretary of State for Defence, has taken a personal interest. You know, he's speaking to his counterparts about this. You know, to go from that to what it was yeah. is extraordinary. That is a huge leap in the last few weeks. But I think there's only been that political pressure because of our reporting and because of the absolute outrage that, mm. it, that it's caused. And you mentioned Ben Wallace, but what about the Ministry of Defence? You know, in their responses to you, how have they handled this and, and how convinced are you by their own investigations now? 
Well, that's an interesting point. The, the the big difficulty with this has always been jurisdiction. So the reason this case is so complicated is because it is a British soldier who has allegedly murdered a Kenyan woman in Kenya. That throws up immediately all sorts of rows about who investigates and who takes primacy in the case. Is it the Kenyan authorities? Is it the UK authorities? That has been an ongoing debate behind the scenes for several months. What we've been told by the Ministry of Defence is that it has to be the Kenyan authorities who take the lead on the investigation, which means the Ministry of Defence say they cannot, it is not legal, this is what they say, to set up their own independent inquiry under the Armed Forces Act 2006. That is what they tell us. And yet, I mean, they, they did say initially that they were investigating. So were they? They did, but there's a lot of wriggle room in that. The problem is they say they're investigating and it's kind of what do you class an investigation as? So the way it's going to work is that the Kenyan police will have to make a mutual legal assistance request of the UK authorities, MLA for short. The Kenyan police will make requests to, for example interview the soldiers that were there on the night, get DNA evidence from them, all the different pieces of evidence they will need. They will have to do it through this MLA process, which is incredibly slow, incredibly bureaucratic. There are two things here, though, aren't there? I mean, apart from the investigation into Soldier X, which we thought the Royal Military Police was doing years ago, aside from that, if Soldier Y is saying he reported it and was told to go away, to keep quiet... Should there not be an investigation into what went wrong with investigating this case years ago? Why it's been kept quiet, why it's been hushed up? Do we know if the Ministry of Defence are doing anything about that? We are told, as far as I understand, we are told by the Ministry of Defence that they're looking into wider allegations of a cover-up within the regiment. We've not really had a satisfactory explanation from the Ministry of Defence for why they can't launch any form of internal investigation because you have, in that Facebook exchange, some of those people involved in that, at least one, possibly more, are serving soldiers. Yeah. And then you've got quite serious allegations made against people who some of them are still serving soldiers. So you would think that at least would be the source of a sort of internal HR disciplinary investigation, and that doesn't seem to be happening either. And sort of a cultural one about how, you know, yeah. if people are reporting crimes, it's somehow still not being investigated. Have you, have you had much pressure from the MOD about running stories? We were asked prior to publication of the Soldier Y interview not to run the interview because of an ongoing investigation. And there were a number of reasons why we decided to publish, you know. I mean, one of which is that they had nine and a half years to launch an internal investigation and didn't do so. And were they able to give you any details on what that investigation, what that ongoing investigation was? Because do we know if there actually is one? We've seen no real evidence of it. There is no evidence we've seen, none whatsoever that the Royal Military Police or the Ministry of Defence have taken any form of proactive investigation on this since 2012. I mean, we went back to some of the soldiers who we'd spoken to originally since the MOD 
initially told us that they'd launched an investigation and they said they've still not been questioned. They've not been asked to provide DNA samples. Doesn't sound like it's a very active investigation. (laughs) No, I mean, surely your first port of call would be those soldiers who were in Kenya. But the ones we are in touch with have said they've not been approached. They've not seen any evidence of this investigation. And actually, some of them are the most keen for this investigation to progress. Some of them are suspects under the, you know, the Kenyan police drew up a list of suspects. And they're really keen to prove their innocence and to provide these DNA samples and to give their statements, but they haven't been asked for them. And in terms of the defence establishment, I mean, we have seen some high profile figures talking about this in the last couple of weeks. David, you mentioned Ben Wallace earlier and how he's making this sort of a personal mission. Mm. At the same time, he did draw quite a lot of criticism for some comments he made while giving evidence to a select committee. That's right. He called it the Kenya thing. It sounded quite brusque, didn't it? Uh, on the Kenya thing, there were obviously two incidents reported in the media. The one in the Sunday Times is obviously fairly historical, uh, a long time ago, a sense. However, that is a Kenyan police lead. We supported that investigation. We will continue to support it if requested. To date, we have not had a uh, formal MLA, a mutual legal assistance request from the Kenyan authorities in that. But uh, we did support them at the time uh, and... Uh, There is no obstruction from the MOD or the army uh, on this side of the house. We're told he has a great amount of frustration with this case. You know, he gave a direct quote to the Sunday Times, which is quite unusual on a story like this for a defence secretary or senior minister. He says the Ministry of Defence is fully supporting us and has always supported the Kenyan police with their ongoing investigation into this historic offence. We saw the head of the army actually addressing this two in public, which is, again is quite unusual. The current head of the British Army, General Sir Mark Carlton Smith, has come out saying he was appalled by the allegations and he's determined to support the appropriate authorities in establishing the facts. But this is a really big challenge for the heads of the armed forces because you know it goes to the core of what the army's about. The army is about discipline and it's about chain of command. And if we're going to foreign countries and there's a suggestion that our regiments are indisciplined to the extent where local women are being murdered and it's been covered up by senior officers, that is as serious as it gets. How do we make it so that this never happens again? The reason, let's face it, why this murder has not been solved and the person not been brought to justice nine years on. It is because of that code of silence that exists within the regiments. That is what is instilled from day one of army training. When there's bullets flying overhead, you're fighting for your brother in arms next to you. But when a crime happens, it's difficult to break through that. Soldier Y told us that he has no faith in the military police, that he'd rather talk to a civilian police force. What the Royal Military Police has shown time and time again is that they're not fit for purpose. They can't break through that culture of silence. And we have to look at why that culture of silence exists. On Wednesday, protesters took to the streets of Nanyuki, as the UK Armed Forces Minister, James Heapy, visited the British Army base. Absolutely no stone will be left unturned. 
Agnes and her family have already had to wait too long. The UK has nothing to hide here. Yesterday, David and Hannah reported that a law firm acting on behalf of Agnes Wanjiru's sister, Rose, will seek a judicial review in the UK courts. She wants to know why the MOD failed to investigate Agnes's murder. An MOD spokeswoman said, The jurisdiction for this investigation rests with the Kenyan police, who we continue to work closely with on a daily basis. In order to protect the investigation, and in the interests of justice, we cannot comment further. You've been listening to Stories of Our Times, a podcast brought to you thanks to the subscribers of The Times and The Sunday Times, with me, Manveen Rana, and my guests, David Collins and Hannah Al Othman from The Sunday Times. You can find all of David and Hannah's reporting on this story at thetimes.co.uk with a subscription. The producer today was James Shield. The executive producer is Kate Ford. And sound design was by Tom Birchall. If you'd like to get in touch with any ideas for future episodes, any stories you'd like us to look into, or any thoughts on what you've just heard, then please do drop us a line to storiesofourtimes at thetimes.co.uk. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 